It is the Lonnie Swain Show podcast where we talk about everything, life, love, relationships, entrepreneurship, encouragement, empowerment, and all that good stuff. And we even have very special guests. Like today we have Miss Lacey Davalier, and you pronounce your last name different than I pronounce it. So tell us how you pronounce it. To be truthful, you did it correctly. I pronounce it Davalier. For business, I say Davalier most of the time because when people don't know me and they see it written... That is the actual name, but oh. we got rid of that long ago. Anybody who's known me, my father, or any of us for most of our lives will say that later. Okay, all right. Just wanted to make that clear for anybody that's listening or looking at the name and saying, oh, well, I thought it was pronounced some other kind of way because I've heard you pronounce it that way. Yes. And she is the owner of Davalier Photography, and she is a very unique case because straight out of college, she didn't get a job. She didn't work for nobody else. She went straight into entrepreneurship, and this was coming on 10 years now. Yeah, we'll actually be making um, 10 years in 2018. Congratulations. Huge year, huge year. So how was that transition and how did you get into entrepreneurship so early? It's interesting. I graduated in 2008, Mm -hmm. which if anybody remembers 2008, the country was in free fall. It was a terrible time to graduate. I went to NYU. I know a bunch of folks who went to Stern, one of the most prestigious finance schools in the country mm-hmm. got a job and got laid off the day they started. Wow. They on a New York City apartment with their parents mm-hmm. so they thought to pay for this. Mm-hmm. No job. That was what graduating in 2008 meant. Mm-hmm. You either had to go back to school or you had to be really, really creative. I was not going back to school, so mm-hmm. I was really, really creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had one nine-to-five job in my life, and actually was 7.30 to 8.30. It was a summer. Mm-hmm. And I remember for a college student, I made a boatload of money. Mm-hmm. But after it, I sat down and did some self-reflection and said, this is not for me. I will not do this. And what was that job? I was like putting files into a computer at Chevron. It was the okay. kind of thing that administrative. Was, yes. Okay. That a lot of people would consider easy money. I considered it draining. Not to mention mm-hmm. I was twenty one, partying all night, then mm-hmm. back at work. Struggling to make it on time. Terrible. <laughs> Me and my friend used to take naps in the administrative <laughs> room instead of eating lunch. It mm-hmm. was rough. Mm-hmm. And it just was not for me, that structure. Mm-hmm. Um I went into a creative field. I went to school for studio art. I concentrated in photography and digital media. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew that I wanted to do that. I knew I'd own a business one day. I Mm -hmm. always thought I would work for someone first. Uh But that just wasn't God's plan for my life. Mm -hmm. I would say that one of the best things about it is that I did go to NYU. NYU has a very non-traditional way of learning, mm-hmm. and basically the majority of my senior year was spent being an intern and an apprentice and in independent study, basically mm-hmm. teaching me how to not only think independently, how to problem solve, and how to make money with my degree. Mm-hmm. I may have had three classes throughout my entire senior year that did wow. involve those things in some way. Mm-hmm. So although at the time I didn't realize it, when I left NYU, I left prepared to work. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really need to spend that time in an incubator. And thank goodness, because I couldn't have. There mm-hmm. were absolutely no jobs for creative people. I spent the summer looking for a job, and I remember my last straw 
was when I did not get a job that would have paid $12 an hour. Wow. And with, you know, a degree that cost, what, uh, between a quarter and a half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And why? Because I was overqualified without enough experience. Right. It was pretty much then that I said to myself, I can either continue to fit this American mold of working my way up, Mm -hmm. or I can do what I'm much better at and just start off at the top and make it work. Mm -hmm. And so that was pretty much what I did with the support of my family and friends. I sat in my living room. I drew our first logo, Mm -hmm. um, had friends help me out with our first business plan because I didn't know anything about anything like that. I thought I would Mm -hmm. just take pictures and make money. Mm -hmm. The creative side, not the business side. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that's pretty much what happened. That and the fact that Bless my parents because they pretty much took care of me for the first three years of the business and then pretty much weaned it off. But up until about year six, I still needed help with things every mm-hmm. now and again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that me having that support system was a large part of how we got as far as we did because I had the luxury to completely concentrate on starting a business. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to go get a job to pay bills. Mm-hmm. If I couldn't pay them, somebody was there to cover my shorts. Mm-hmm. So having that support system was huge. So you didn't even have to take out a loan no. in, with a bank or anything like that? I took one out much, much later. And okay. it was because of not only needing to pay the bills, but I hit that point where we also needed some new equipment. And mm-hmm. where more importantly than that, we actually needed some personnel. Um, mm-hmm. We hit the point where we wanted to start bidding school jobs, and mm-hmm. I couldn't do that by myself. Mm-hmm. Again, blessing. My sister listened to me when I whined long enough and mm-hmm. moved home from Florida to help me with the business. So my first quote-unquote employee was my big sister, who has a doctorate in education. So she mm-hmm. knew the school system in and out. Nice. She also didn't really make me pay her. So my first person was free. Even better. She moved home. She hadn't found a job. She was like, well, I guess I'll just come and help my sister out with this. Mm-hmm. Here we are, years later. Um, I think the following year, her Christmas present from me, because Lord knows I was dirt poor, <laughs> I actually put it on paper and gave her half of the business. And she nice. Aww. But I mean, I couldn't have done it without her. Mm-hmm. And I mean, poor thing. Like, I'm a terrible teacher. She walked in and was like, What do you want me to do? I was like, I want you to edit the photo. And she was like, How? Make their skin smooth. Look it up on YouTube. And she figured <laughs> it out. She did. Mm-hmm. She so that was the best. That was the best employee you could have yeah. got because anybody else would have said, What? I don't exactly. know how to do it. They would have walked out the door right then and there. And you're not paying me? Right. Exactly. So at least you could have gave us some instruction, ladies. <laughs> See, what is that? <laughs> it, was, it was bad. I don't really know why she stuck around, but mm-hmm. she's your she sister. Dear <laughs> right. She's my older sister. Like yeah. But that probably helped her expertise because she's self-taught and, yep. you know, figured it out herself. And, and so that probably helped her to, you know, really hone her craft. It did. By, it did. And Kyrie is definitely a self-starter. So mm-hmm. you give Kyrie a piece of direction and she will give you back what it is that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been moments of constructive criticism because I did go to school for it. So there mm-hmm. are times when I'm like, oh, you could do this like this. Mm-hmm. But they honestly, over the past decades, been few and far between. Like most things that she figured out on her own. At this point, Kyrie knows how to use Lightroom. I don't. There's mm-hmm. an entire program that she knows how to use that I'm like, it's good to me. Right. <laughs> and that's not even what she went to school for. No. Mm-hmm. No. I think in the next year, 
she does want to go on ahead and just get that master designer certification just so uh-huh. that we can have that on the website. But she should be able to get that within six months to a year because of the level of experience that she's already going in with. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what would you say in getting into entrepreneurship in the beginning since luckily for you money was not necessarily the issue what would you say the biggest challenge was that you didn't expect in entrepreneurship well I'll say this money wasn't an issue as you said and it's not because we were rich it was because I was fresh out of college so I was just 100% used to being poor Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I was less poor here than I was in New York City Uh um Issues that I didn't expect is interesting because I can outline the issues to you, but most of them that people wouldn't have expected, I did expect. Um, Big issues, number one, was being a woman in a very male-dominated field. Most Mm -hmm. people don't know that photography is male-dominated, but it is, and Mm -hmm. especially the type of photography that I do. To this day, 10 years in, there are people who refer to me as the, the girl or that girl who owns that company. Mm-hmm. Um, and the type of photography that you do so people know, what what do you consi- what is that considered? So we have a full-service photography studio, but our bread and butter is school contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I know, we are the only woman-owned company in the city that is doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, another area that we do a lot of is commercial photography, which is also very male-dominated. But being a graduate of NYU was also one of the first things that I learned because Mm -hmm. had I stayed in New York City, that would have been my bread and butter. Mm -hmm. Senior photography, portrait photography, self-taught. I went to school for art and I learned commercial. Mm -hmm. Um, But the rest of it, you know, once I knew how to work the lights, I had the creativity, I had the eye. Mm -hmm. I was able to pretty much self-teach the rest of it. Um, But I knew that. Mm -hmm. I graduated from Earthline Academy. I had always been taught you are going to be better at things than men and they will still dismiss you. Mm-hmm. Harder, better, faster, stronger. You mm-hmm. always have to be the best at anything that you want to do simply because you were born female. Mm-hmm. Um, now, on top of that, I was also very, very young. Mm-hmm. Um, my fiance actually calls my family the family that lies about our age. In addition <laughs> to being very young, I looked overwhelmingly young. Mm-hmm. So that was another one. Um, it was just basically that dismissal. No mm-hmm. one really took me seriously in mm-hmm. the very beginning of my company. Age discrimination, sex discrimination, exactly. gender discrimination. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the only thing I didn't experience much of was race discrimination. So, you know, thank God for small blessings. <laughs> right. <laughs> but those things, I would say the thing that I probably least expected was how hard the business side was. I just didn't know it. I didn't know Mm -hmm. that you had to keep track of money and file taxes. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that you had to separate and have multiple bank accounts. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about savings. I didn't Mm -hmm. know any of that. I also didn't know anything about how to advertise a product. I feel like when you're an artist, they pretty much tell you lies for your entire life. (laughs) If your product is good, people will buy it. Mm -hmm. That is not the truth. If no one knows it exists, Mm-hmm. You can have the best product around and mm-hmm. no one will buy it. Advertising is trial and error, mm-hmm. and those errors are super expensive. Yeah. So in the beginning, I would say that that was probably the biggest challenge that I would not have foreseen, mm-hmm. was actually learning the business side, learning mm-hmm. what I could do to save money. More than that, learning how to delegate, because I will never be an accountant. Mm-hmm. I can work a simple QuickBooks system. Once you ask me to do anything with that profit and loss statement that I print out, you've lost me. Uh-huh. And so it was learning that there are certain things that 
are just never going to be worth my time. Mm-hmm. The hours that I would spend accounting, I could be spending on a money-making activity. Yeah. Um, so it's a balance, like money mm-hmm. saving versus money making mm-hmm. and learning when it's worth it and when it's not. And so was that a trial and error thing or how did you figure those things out or did you enlist? Was there someone that you could call on to say, hey, um, this profit and loss thing, what is this? And what do I need to do with that? Or um, To be 100% honest with you, I didn't know what a profit and loss statement was. Uh-huh. My ex-boyfriend was a finance graduate at Tulane. Okay. Um, and he pretty much helped me get all of that stuff together because one day he asked me about taxes and I was like, what taxes? <laughs> and it finally occurred uh-huh. to him that I just had no clue. Uh-huh. So he helped me figure those things out. And then other than that, I'll be honest, I was able to reach out to my BNI group. Um, okay. I was the youngest member of the group for a very long time. Now mm-hmm. we have two people in there who are younger than me because mm-hmm. time waits for no man or woman. Mm-hmm. Um but and in case people aren't familiar, Business Networking International is the BNI group. Yes, and our chapter, I got in on the ground floor, and when I had questions, you know, there was an accountant there who was able to steer me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. There was a banker there who was able to steer me in the right direction. There were people there who had just been running businesses for much longer than I had who mm-hmm. were willing to lend that helping hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm eternally for free. Those people, some of them, mm-hmm. or like my accountant who is a gem, mm-hmm. was like, "Okay, take pictures of my kids, and I'll do your mm-hmm. bartering." Right. <laughs> Only now do I understand that those pictures were not nearly worth those taxes. Mm-hmm. So he was clearly doing that two yeah. times. Yeah, and to this day, I very much so appreciate it because back then I was starting out, I was severely mm-hmm. underpriced. Mm-hmm. At this point in my business. That would be a fair barter. Back then, mm-hmm. it absolutely was not. He could have mm-hmm. paid me three times for what it cost to do my taxes. Yeah. So um, a lot of it, there were certain things that I just didn't even try. Like, again, math, not my thing. It's not mm-hmm. that I'm bad at it. I just really hate it. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. so, and like, that's a strength in knowing what your yeah. weaknesses are, what you prefer not to do, and being able to delegate. Exactly. And um, so I delegated that immediately. Other things took a little bit longer, like certain editing processes, for example, that I had to just learn it takes up too much time. It stops me from doing other things. I have to put it out there. Mm-hmm. Money collecting. I had to learn it's just not my forte. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never worked like that before. Again, my sister, I remember she let me collect money at a dance one time. Mm-hmm. Well, I had all the money in the cash box because in my mind, the cash box was for the cash. She was like, no, sweetheart, if someone robs us or walks away with this cash or walks away with cash, this is the first thing they're stealing. Mm-hmm. You keep $100 of change in here at all times and keep the rest of your money in piles elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I had never thought about it that way. My fiance mm-hmm. now laughed at me because <laughs> he used to do the same business that I do now. And he's like, she's absolutely right. You cannot ever keep all of your money in mm-hmm. the cash box. Mm-hmm. Same purpose as why the pizza man can't have so much money. Right. Again, mm-hmm. that's the first, that cash box is right there. It's the first thing they're going for. Yeah. So, it was it was a, it was mostly trial and error, some expensive, some not, but really it was also just very honest self reflection, mm-hmm. which I've believed in for most of my life. I learned that at Ursuline. Every now and again, you have to sit down and take a look inward mm-hmm. and reflect on Lacey. Mm-hmm. And knowing how to do that was when I was like, okay, I'm really good at this. I'm not so good at this. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how to capitalize on point A 
and how to pay somebody to do point B because I'm only putting myself in a hole trying to do it. Mm -hmm. And so if someone is listening to this and they're thinking about going into entrepreneurship as a photographer or in general, what would you say knowing what you know now is the starting point? What, What should they do from the very beginning? Step one, legal paperwork in order. Step two, get a QuickBooks account. I'm not kidding. If I had it to do over again, that would have been the first thing that I did. Because when I finally had to get those finances in order, it was a messy, arduous process. And it is something that's much easier when the only thing you're worrying about is paying yourself. I also tell people immediately start a payroll system. I advise you to outsource it. It doesn't cost much money. It's, it's literally something where if you're paying one person, you can get it for under $50 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth it because what it is is it keeps that paperwork in order mm-hmm. so that the day you need to go to a bank, you are not scrambling to figure out what's happening. It's there. Mm-hmm. The day you grow and you need to add employees, it's not a matter of figuring out how to pay them. It's a matter of adding them to a system that's already in place. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing that I would tell people is starting a business is a leap of faith. It's mm-hmm. jumping off of a bridge. It is sink or swim. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not easy. You have to understand that there will be times when things are super hard and you have to be willing to deal with that. Um, you also have to know that there are times when your business is making money and you are you don't have a dime because especially in those first five years, it takes a while. You start off upside down and then sooner or later you start to turn a profit. A profit. That was my process. I suppose that if you start out with a much larger loan or something like that, perhaps that process looks differently. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to go from the ground up like I did, the biggest thing is to have processes in place. Mm-hmm. And then from there, things kind of flow. Um, the other thing is, especially in today's world, I advise a high-touch method over paid advertising, especially for people starting out. It is better for you to go to socials, volunteer places, go to your alumni group, find yourself some good customers, and then during the holidays, reach out to them, call them yourself, make sure that they're coming back, make sure that they're super happy and telling people about you. A, because that is what gets you loyal clients, and B, because it's free. Mm -hmm. It takes more elbow grease, but at the beginning of a business, you have that time to Mm -hmm. build those relationships. Mm -hmm. So setting up processes and setting up the relationships, and also always remembering that no matter who you're talking to, to treat them with respect, to treat them kindly. There are people in a business who you think you will only see once, who you mm-hmm. will end up seeing for the rest of your life. Like, mm-hmm. case in point, I have a parent. I photographed her first child when I got one of my first big school contracts. It was a rough year. It was the first year we came in late. We were only able to photograph the kids at the school. Well, she was great. She was hilarious. And she had another son graduate before. So she was like, well, I wanted to do tuxedo photos. I was surprised y'all didn't do them. Okay, well, listen, ma'am, wasn't our fault. Wasn't you either. Just come to the studio. We'll take care of them for you. Long story short, this woman's next son is a senior this year. Okay. In addition to taking his <laughs> picture, she is the sole reason that the majority of the senior football players have had their photos taken. Wow. She took her own time without being asked, paid, given any sort of incentive to make sure that people schedule, were scheduling appointments. Wow. She is currently taking her own time to help us out with something that we messed up. And imagine if when I first met this woman, because we were struggling, if I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, I don't know what to tell you, I can't help you. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So it's also, yeah. no matter how much you're struggling, to remember that mm-hmm. customer service does not cost a cent. You can be and nice it goes a long way. And it goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so you mentioned also being a woman in the industry, that being a, somewhat of an obstacle. How mm-hmm. did you overcome that? I will also take that back to my education at Ursuline. Mm-hmm. Um, the running joke, and my friends and, and myself say it all the time, Ursuline taught us that we belong wherever we want to be. And, and for those listening, Ursuline is an all-girls Catholic school yeah. in so New Orleans. All-girls Catholic <laughs> school. We're older than the country. We're um, but seven years there, um, they taught us, again, when I walked into my BNI group on the first day, that I was the only person of color. I was 20 years younger than probably the youngest person there. Mm-hmm. And I was one of three women, two of whom immediately quit. So there was a moment in time when I was the only person of color and the only woman there. But what I had learned from my entire life was you will keep your head up. You will get up and speak. You will make everyone else believe that you belong there. Because if that's where you want to be, then you do. Mm -hmm. Um, Overcoming it has pretty much taken that. I won't lie to you. There are times when it still gets under my skin that... There are certain people who would rather talk to my fiancé than talk to me. Mm-hmm. There are times that it gets under my skin that there are certain people who believe that my father is the reason that I have succeeded. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to brush that off. Like, getting overcoming it as far as people dismissing you, that's a time thing. And it's also a brush it off thing. At the end of the day, some people are just not your client. Mm-hmm. And if you are a person who does not believe that a woman in business can do as good of a job as a man... You are not my ideal client. Mm-hmm. You will most likely drive me crazy for the entirety <laughs> of our relationship, and I'm better off just saying no in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not, you win some, you lose some, you know, and you have to learn to walk away from those things. That's super hard in the beginning because you need every contract that you can get. Yeah. Where I am now, I have learned the word no, and it's lovely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, truthfully, it was, it was a matter of always being able to keep my head high. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, knowing, just being prepared for the fact that most places I walked into, I would be the only woman. Um, and now just knowing that as with every other aspect of my life, I pretty much have to strive for perfection every day because if there is a loophole, there will be someone trying Mm -hmm. to come in and fill it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's believing in yourself. It's believing in your product. It's believing in your process. Mm-hmm. It's also being able to shake off the negativity because everyone has something. Mm-hmm. For me, it's being a woman. You know, it was no easier for my fiance to walk into a room full of Caucasian males and be the only black male there. Mm-hmm. That was no easier, mm-hmm. but he did it. Mm-hmm. And that is what we do. When you figure out your purpose in life, when you figure out what you love, you just have to not let anything derail that. Mm-hmm. And now you've referenced your fiance a couple times in the interview so that people know you all do work together. We do. And were you working together? Is that how you all met? Yes, actually. One of uh, my largest contracts, I was the photographer and he did the yearbooks. Okay. So we had to talk a lot, but of course the conversations got more and more towards conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time he was working with a larger yearbook company and just doing the design. He decided to phone on his own, mm-hmm. and he mentioned that in the conversation, and I said, oh, well, currently I'm referring anyone who asked me to these people, but 
if I can buy local and refer local, I always prefer that. Mm -hmm. So we set a meeting so that I could figure out how to refer a local company over a much larger company, mm -hmm. and the rest is history. Mm -hmm. Invited him out to watch a Saints game with some friends. Here we are. <laughs> and so how is the balance of working together and being engaged? It is what you make of it, and that's mm -hmm. the best way that I can put it. Um, from what I've heard, a lot of people can't do it. Mm -hmm. we, we have our struggles with it. I won't lie. The problem is that when you work with the person you go home with, you tend mm -hmm. to take work home with you as well. Mm -hmm. So date night becomes talking about payroll. Yes. Um, all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So basically, mm -hmm. we've had to make silly little rules, but they work. Like, mm -hmm. okay, we're on a dinner date. You have 10 minutes to talk about work, and then after that, we can talk about anything else, but it cannot be work. Mm -hmm. um, but also, it's good in certain ways because being an entrepreneur is not easy. They say the same thing that, like, doctors tend to marry doctors. Why? Mm -hmm. Because it's rough. It's a rough schedule, it's a rough life, and it's easier to be with someone who understands that. Same idea. It's easier to be with someone who understands that when I come home and I'm like, today one. Like, I just <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> Someone who can understand that and help me talk through it and help me work through it. And in addition, he was a math major. He is more financially and business minded than I am. So also, simple stuff like, oh my gosh, to come up with a price sheet. Mm -hmm. is the kind of thing that I would have nightmares about weeks before I had to do it mm -hmm. because I find it so hard. Mm -hmm. He can do it in 20 minutes mm -hmm. and then say, okay, this is how I got these figures. Do you approve of this? Is any of this wrong? And it's done. Yeah. And so that is actually a large part of what endeared us to each other. It's funny. I didn't know until much later that for him it was the fact that when he said he was going full-fledged into his business, I said, okay, well, what do we need to do? Well, I'm looking for a place to have a launch party. Well, I pay a lot of money for rent. You want to have it there? Mm -hmm. So he was really impressed and really excited about how I just immediately was like, okay, if this is what you're doing, then this is what we're doing. And I jumped on board. And for me, it was the fact that I could come to him with those problems, which to him seemed so simple. Like, yes. it's so easy to him. And he never made me feel like that. Mm -hmm. I know he would sit there and be like, so this is your price. How did you come up with this? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I made it up. <laughs> and I know that he's sitting there like, no, no, no. Uh -huh. But he never made me feel small because mm -hmm. of the things that I wasn't good at. Yeah. And he actually was mentored by, in the school game, a lot of people would call him the greatest of all time, Mr. Nolan Marshall, who is mm -hmm. now on the school board, mm -hmm. was my fiance's mentor. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about a man who had a father who ran a successful photography business, who then ran a successful photography and promotional product business until he chose to let it go to go into um, politics. Mm -hmm. So that was his mentor. So he had that wealth of knowledge to give mm -hmm. to us. And, oh, this process could be made simpler like this. So those were kind of the things that immediately endeared us to one another. And mm -hmm. then it just went from there. So not only can we work together, but it's actually been a huge blessing. And it's interesting because my business partner is my sister. Most people mm -hmm. say they can't work with their sister. Right, or fine. family members, period. Yeah, they say don't my, mix business and family. Yep, and my office manager is my baby cousin. Mm -hmm. We are fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're running mm -hmm. a family business. We always joke and say that the person who really owns this business is my mom, but when she comes here, <laughs> she redecorates and just shuts it down. Uh -huh. But I think it's also... Um, we grew up like that. Like, my mom taught us that we were supposed to help each other. Mm -hmm. So even simple things, like, 
when my sister had to lose weight for something she was doing. I think I sat on the phone with Curry forever teaching her how to bake chicken and make a salad because mm-hmm. she naturally is super thin, so she never had to do anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, whenever she writes papers, they call me the grammar Nazi that I missed my calling writing grammar workbooks. Uh-huh. So <laughs> we read that. She wrote her first book. I read it, went through it, did the grammar stuff. That's what we do. It's a mm-hmm. family hustle. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was able to jump right into that was a huge blessing because mm-hmm. a lot of people couldn't. Mm-hmm. And let you know that he was part of the family, that he belongs. For all that that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of times, you know, there is that debate of can women have it all? Yeah. Can you have the successful business and the successful relationship as well? Mm-hmm. And from what you said, has entrepreneurship kind of been prior to your fiance now? Would you say that that has been a challenge for you, as and especially as a woman? Because I feel like men do it all the time. Mm-hmm. But for women, it's it takes a special kind of person to understand and be supportive of that. It, it has and it hasn't. Um I've dated people. I will say that my current fiance is probably the first person who really understands it. Mm-hmm. There have been everyone that I've ever dated said that they admired my drive mm-hmm. until that drive meant that instead of hanging out with you on Saturdays, I was at work until two o'clock in the morning working, mm-hmm. at, working a dance. Yeah. Until that drive meant that during the week I might have to stay late. I might have to go in early until it meant that I don't have a nine to five. Yeah. Um, I will say that it definitely slowed things down on that on that I guess trajectory, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did the business first, mm-hmm. so with that being said, I'm engaged now. I'm 31. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how that would have been doing it the other way around. Yeah, I feel like for me, any man that met me, you walked into this. You mm-hmm. walked into my life, and hopefully you walked in with your eyes open. Mm-hmm. I find that it's more difficult for women who maybe did do the 9 to 5 thing first and got married and had the kids, and now suddenly they have this dream because their mm-hmm. partner didn't walk into that, and they're yeah. not used to it. They're not used to their wife's goals necessarily being something that could even usurp their own. Mm-hmm. Um there are also people who are severely uncomfortable with it because mm-hmm. it, at the end of the day, anything that you own is a hustle in some way. Um, if you don't do what you need to do, you know, it's not like I can go to work and goof off for four days and still mm-hmm. get a paycheck and get money going for right. 401k. That's not my life. That's you not eat what you hunt. <laughs> and there are lots of guys who couldn't understand that. So I'll say most relationships did not get off of the ground um, because mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Or if they did... I will say that my my work schedule has definitely been a hindrance in my personal life. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, we're in a situation where we understand each other, but again, we understand each other a little bit too well. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm like, so sometimes we have to put that foot down and say, stop talking about work. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, in the very beginning of the relationship, my fiance is as driven as I am. I think we had one incident where we were supposed to go out and he was like, well, work. And I was like, no, we're Mm -hmm. not doing this. If we're Mm -hmm. supposed to do something... Barring like a tsunami attacking, that's yeah. what we're going to do <laughs> uh-huh. because I live by the motto of family first, mm-hmm. and be that your significant other, be that the friends who you've chosen to make your family, or be that your actual family. We always have to remember what's most important. Mm-hmm. We're capitalists. We're taught to worship money to yeah. make sure the way that we 
you know, magnify our success or, or, or quantify our success rather is by how much money we make. When you're an entrepreneur, it's really easy to let that take over your entire life. Mm -hmm. um, when your significant other is an entrepreneur, it's even <laughs> easier because you both have that. Yeah. So it's a checks and balances system. And mm -hmm. I will say that this is the first time that I found it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, to answer your question, yes. I thought I was going to graduate from college at 22 and I was going to get married by 23 or 24. I was going to have five babies <laughs> and that was going to be my life and that wasn't in the cards. Mm -hmm. um, I have to say that I'm glad it wasn't. As a 31-year-old lady, I know myself a lot better. Mm -hmm. I needed to do everything that I did. Mm -hmm. um, to halt everything that I wanted to do short, I don't think I could have ever been happy with mm -hmm. doing that. So, it, 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 yes and no. It definitely changed my life. I'll say mm -hmm. that. It changed it from what I ever thought it was going to be. I think that, you know, now in the world that we live in, in which we're going to get to uh, Instagram and stuff like that Girl. but in that world you know it, entrepreneurship is glamorized and oh you know I set my it own really rules and I way. yeah and so <laughs> and I think that people don't see or even understand the behind the scenes right. of you know every day it might be like uh did I is this what we really doing you know should I go apply for a job or you know what but I think in everybody's challenges are different and so just kind of something that an entrepreneur could be listening now and say oh yeah she went through the same I went through that or I'm experiencing this now and how what was that moment for you and how did you overcome it and how do you continue to stay motivated so going back to something you mentioned earlier I think the best answer to that is my biggest challenge has been having it all I am a person who believes that you can have it all. I believe mm -hmm. that we as humans limit ourselves with our own beliefs and even with our own actions, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you want to have certain things, there are certain things that you can't do. There are certain people that are not going to fly in your orbit. Anyone who knows me knows I love to have a good time. Mm -hmm. In college and high school, I was party girl. Mm -hmm. But now, do I still have a good time? Sure. But I can't go out on a Tuesday night until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning because for my goals and for what is important in my life, mm -hmm. I got to be ready to roll on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And at 31, Lord knows, if I go out until 3 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday, <laughs> you're lucky if I'm back to decent by Friday. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> um, having it all was probably the biggest challenge. So what that would be is balance. Um, mm -hmm. I, there, I love traveling. I love cooking. I love doing stuff with my family and my friends. I love that kind of stuff. So when work kept getting in the way of that, while also not turning what I thought to be enough of a profit, that was about year seven or eight when mm -hmm. I really felt that I was not successful, mm -hmm. that I had not been able to be everything to myself and to everyone. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was really hard because that kind of negative thinking and negative self-talk will mm -hmm. easily turn your dream into a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And that's what was happening. Every small thing that went wrong, I was like, this is a sign. I should have just been a dermatologist. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that to say that's easy. I say that, you know, for anyone who... More knows, traditional. Right. And for anyone who knows me, to be quite honest, I graduated high school with a 4.6. 
Mm-hmm. I graduated NYU magna cum laude. It's a path I could have yes. taken. Mm-hmm. Um, school was always easy for me, so it bored me. I ended up getting into art because it was a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So it um, that was it, really. The hardest thing has been that balance. And that, as far as how I've overcome it and how I continue to overcome it, I can't say I succeed at it all the time. No one's perfect. Um, there are times when... Something at work falls apart because I'm like, today I'm going to my friend's birthday party. And that's what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what anybody thinks about it. That's mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just going to struggle for the next two weeks to get it back on par. Uh-huh. Um, on the contrary, there are certain times like, you know, I have younger cousins who I met when they were born and saw again when they were four. No joke. They mm-hmm. live here. Uh-huh. So there have been times when I failed out at it on both ends. But the answer to it has been... Learning balance, learning when to say yes, more importantly, learning when to say no, and most importantly, learning my own worth. At this stage, I believe that I'm very good at what I do. I believe that my employees are very good at what they do. I believe in the product that we offer. Therefore, do I still get inquiries from people who don't want to pay out prices or what I believe we're worth? Of course I do. Now I have learned to say no. Because mm-hmm. I don't care if you want to pay $1,000 for something or 500 If I'm doing the same thing, it's going to take the same amount of time, the same amount of brain power, except one of these options is not making me enough money to do anything, so I'm bitter about it. So learning when to say, I'm going to pass on that. Mm-hmm. Learning how to tell people, no, your product will not be ready in a week because this is art that we're making here and art takes time. Mm-hmm. Learning how to enforce certain rules. We require one to two pre-consultations before a photo shoot here. And that is because in order for me to give you the product that I know I'm able to offer, we have to do that. Mm-hmm. If you're not into it, that's cool. I am not a good fit for you. This mm-hmm. business is not a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been learning to not go crazy whenever something seems like it might be just right. I am a type A perfectionist, so that mm-hmm. was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and even learning sometimes that you can't do everything for family and friends. Like, I want to help you. I do, but I can't agree to plan your birthday party, bake your cake, while <laughs> in the middle of struggle senior season at work in March and April. Mm-hmm. Is learning that the people who love me understand that in March and April, the best you're going to get from me is that I'll show up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to probably even have to get you a gift at another time because I didn't make it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been that. It's basically been taking control of that. And I think the ultimate, I guess, example of it was last year when I was able to go back to Paris for the first time since 2007. Um, Paris is my favorite place in the world. Mm-hmm. And I had not been in years because mm-hmm. of worrying about money and, oh, I can't leave for that long. And what about this? And what about that? Mm-hmm. Being able to walk away, come back in the building, not be burned down. <laughs> so it's, it's been that balance. It's been learning when to say yes, no, learning how to value myself, and learning how to delegate because that also offers balance. If I am paying you to be here to do certain things, I'm not going to do them for you, and I'm not going to micromanage you either mm-hmm. because at that point, that's not helping me be my best self. And you talked about mentors. Do you find the importance of mentorship in entrepreneurship? Yeah, so my mentor in high school, my favorite teacher was named Ms. Shaquilla. She was the person who really taught me about spirituality to be found in balance and about introspectiveness and looking inside of yourself and allowing your faith to guide you. Um, She basically taught us that everyone should be treated like someone. 
Mm-hmm. And I learned that at home, don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. I didn't. <laughs> right. Kids. Uh-huh. But, you know, you're in school eight hours a day when you're a kid. Uh-huh. So her, um, my photography mentor is named Ashley Fair. She's currently in California being totally fabulous <laughs> um, because she, most of her practice was during the downtown scene in 1980s and early 90s New York. Beautiful works of uh, film, medium format photography. That was who I slept around New York City with for two years to really learn how to do what I do now. My mm-hmm. dream is actually to get together with Ashley and do a combination show um, showing my New York and hers because they uh-huh. were two totally different experiences, uh-huh. but she taught me how to document it. Most important mentors in my life, though, were my mother and my sister. They were the pillars of strength mm-hmm. and of getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. And they taught me that. They mm-hmm. taught me to not let people see me sweat. Mm-hmm. And both of them joke now and say that I'm better at that than both of them. <laughs> but they taught me that. They taught me that I could do anything. Mm-hmm. Even when I was having that mid-career crisis, my mom was like, if you want to be a dermatologist, guess what? You're not dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to take you a while, but you can do it. Mm-hmm. But make a decision. Either mm-hmm. stick with this and roll with it or find something else to do. And that's her. When mm-hmm. I was crying every day in New York, I'm not going to listen to you cry for too much longer. Mm-hmm. Either we're going to find friends and ways to be happy, or we are moving you directly back to New Orleans, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Take your pick. Mm-hmm. I stopped crying every day. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they are my biggest role models and my biggest mentors, and at the same time, my biggest supporters. Mm-hmm. My poor mother has been to a wedding as a second shooter, having never even <laughs> held that camera before. Mm-hmm. She has set up at wedding shows. She's about to set up an entire, turn this place into a pumpkin patch. So the DPG says, thanks this week. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. get any better than my family. Mm-hmm. So those, those have been probably my largest mentors, Ms. Shaquille, Ashley, and my mother and my sister. I love it. <laughs> and now what's the best and worst advice you've been given in your career? Hmm. Best advice I've been given is probably by a financial advisor, uh, Rufus Crescent. He told me cost is only an issue in the absence of value. That is possibly one of the best because I live by it. Mm-hmm. That means that when I'm thinking about, oh, do I want to do this? If it's value-driven and I can justify the cost, even if it's a little bit more than I wanted to spend, it's better to go that way. And even when doing my own pricing, Mm -hmm. I am pricier than other photographers, but the value is there. Mm -hmm. So that's probably been the best advice as far as just making sure that you understand when to spend money, when to not spend it, and that you are being paid and given what you're worth. Mm -hmm. Um, Worst advice was to give discounts because people like things that are cheap. Or basically Mm -hmm. that people are not going to pay that much for photography. Mm -hmm. That's the worst advice I've been given, and I've been Mm -hmm. given it more than once. And... um, Mm -hmm. But we're still here, so clearly you were wrong. Yes. (laughs) But really, that was the worst advice because at the end of the day, I don't care how much you love what you do. If you're not making a living, if you are struggling all the time, you will grow to hate it. And before I was willing to grow to hate something that I loved so much, I had to go ahead on and listen to Rufus, listen Mm -hmm. to my business mentor, Sarah Petty, and Mm -hmm. go from there. This question I heard someone else ask in an interview, and I thought it was really powerful what is something that you learned from failure that you could have never learned from success 
That's a really good question. Um, trying to think, because I've learned some lessons from failure. Okay, so I'll go with two contracts that I lost, and both of those could be considered failures, especially in our business, because your contracts are your bread and butter. Mm-hmm. I can't do all of the artsy, pretty stuff that I do if not for the bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was a preschool, and what I learned back then was that every contract is just not worth it. Mm-hmm. The amount that they wanted and what they wanted us to do for peanuts was never worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, I walked away from that feeling super dejected, but at the end of the day, I did my best. Mm -hmm. Um, The other one, I learned that you have to do your best to be your best, um, and that mistakes can be costly. We Mm -hmm. lost another contract that we completely should not have lost. We lost it due to a series of really bad mess-ups on our part that had to do with lack of organization. Mm -hmm. That was one of those. It was a lucrative contract, too. I had to get up, brush myself off, realize that you win some and you lose some, And then I had to completely revamp the organizational system that went into this business. And that was also the one that taught me that although I'm working with family, I have to run it like a company, Mm -hmm. which means you get deductions for being late. Mm -hmm. We now have a write-up system in place. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a PTO system in place. These are Mm -hmm. all things that I had to do because in order to create excellence, I had to be running this. I'm not... You know, teddy bear portraits are life touch. I'm not. I'm not mm-hmm. a multinational company, but I mm-hmm. have to run this local business like that. Mm-hmm. So those those are probably the two big ones. The one of some contracts aren't worth it, and some of them really are, and you really cannot lose money because of lack of organization. Mm-hmm. So those those are the two big ones. Had I not lost that second one, I would have never gone gung ho into the organization system that we now have in place. But that organization system is what has made us right to take over more contracts and has made this year flow much more smoothly. Me and mm-hmm. my little cousin don't fight so much anymore <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because of Pisces. Me and Jamie mm-hmm. have the same personality. If there's mm-hmm. anybody in here who is going to butt heads, it's me and that one. Mm-hmm. And we don't fight so much anymore because it's not, well, you said that you did this, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, I did. It's in mm-hmm. this. Well, why isn't it in the this? Right. There was there's nothing a system. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that losing that contract and losing that kind of money Mm-hmm. made me realize that I had to step my game up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, and just what the question implies, had that situation not come up, the system might not have gotten in place or the need, and right. that's, and it just further, and I like to ask that question because it just reiterates what we often forget when we're in the storm, that the storm is necessary is. to get us to that next place. Because, you know, we just have to go through certain things to get where we need to be. We have to. Like, when I was sitting here trying to figure out the answer to it, it was because there's no shortage (laughs) of answers for that. Right. Another one would be when we did not get our lives together in time for the holidays Mm -hmm. because we were too busy doing senior stuff. Well, senior Mm -hmm. stuff stopped. We had no holiday clients. And when I tell you that I spent January to March being the poorest that I have been since starting this business, mm-hmm. and when I came out of it and looked around, I said, never 
again. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Our holiday calendar is full. Mm-hmm. We are making it work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and never again never will you again. be. Yes. But had I not gone through that, had I not finally known what it was to physically not be able to pay bills, mm-hmm. to have people looking to you for things that you couldn't do, as a business owner, I am responsible for people's livelihood. Like, mm-hmm. bottom line, if I can't pay you, you can't pay anything. Yeah. Knowing that dejection, knowing that feeling, mm-hmm. and then also not losing one employee while it was happening mm-hmm. taught me the team that I had. Yeah. It taught me, you will now learn to work on your business instead of in it, because if you don't, that is how this business is going to fail. Mm-hmm. And... Through everything, the ups, the downs, the in-betweens, what do you feel you define as success and what makes it all worth it for you? So success now to me is defined as being my best self, which means that even if for some unforsaken reason this business went belly up in three years, The success is in the fact that we have kept it for as long as we have. The success is in the fact that we have grown, we have adapted, we have done everything even as this industry has grown, and that has not always been easy. Mm -hmm. With the advent of things like cell phone cameras, we had a good three to four year span where people no longer understood that it was really important to have professional portraits taken. Mm -hmm. We got through that. Mm-hmm. We started the company when the country was in free fall. We got through that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have daily challenges every day, and we get through them, and that is what I define as success. I define the small things, being able to give a Christmas bonus, mm-hmm. being able to go out of town for a friend's wedding if that's what I want to do. That is success. And as far as, I forgot what the second part of the question was. What makes everything that, all of the ups and downs worth it for you? You know what? And it's going to be a funny answer. Um, It's, and this goes back to dear old Ursuline, (laughs) our motto is serviam, or I will serve. Um, Everything is about the other person. This past year, we were able to do our first thing with you where we were able to give a lump sum of money to charity. Mm-hmm. It's all worth it because I have finally reached a point where I'm not so busy trying to make things work that I can't give back because giving back is really important to me. Mm-hmm. And not having that was causing personal sabotage. Mm-hmm. So not just monetarily. We've had students ask us for internships. To look Mm -hmm. at a young person who wants to do what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and realize that that person looks up to me Mm -hmm. and looks up to my company as Mm -hmm. something that they want to be a part of, that's a blessing. And also finally being able to give away our first scholarship because awesome, yes. I didn't know about that. (laughs) that, uh, Two years ago was when we started our scholarship foundation and what we're planning to do is actually partner with other local small businesses because, you know, we're stronger together. Mm-hmm. And whereas we were able to give a small scholarship, which at the end of the day helps with books and fees, and we all know, like, that's a blessing in itself. Yes. What if we had 10 small businesses who had $1,000 to give? Mm-hmm. Well, suddenly we paid for somebody's semester. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So onward and upward with that kind of stuff, that has been what's made it worth it is seeing the company that I love and the people that I love make an impact on the community that I love. Mm -hmm. So that's what makes it worth it. 
Love it, love it, love it, love it. And see, I didn't even know about that. Over here keeping secrets yeah. about the scholarship. Oh, yeah, because right. <laughs> you were going to get that email. Like, right. Can you exactly. Look, money. I'll be looking for it. I'll yeah. be looking for it. <laughs> now, um, a couple of lighter questions. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a book that has changed your life or inspired your way of living as far as personally or business-wise? Um, so personally, it's a book by Paul Coelho called The The Witch of Portobello, um, Mm -hmm. which is just about freedom and about dancing to your own tune and about the fact that sometimes that's not going to work out. But if we've all got one life to live, that's how you have to live it. Mm -hmm. I wish I could tell you that I read business books, but I never finished them. (laughs) I really actually hate nonfiction literature and it's hard for me to read. I keep telling myself to read more of them, but, um... I do really like podcasts, and I love, um, like, YouTube channels and stuff like that. So the other one would be Sarah Petty with the I'm Worth Every Penny um, selling system. And that has been a game changer and a life changer. She's Mm -hmm. interesting. She's not some stuffy person who I can't relate to. I can relate to her. And she really helps me realize that I'm worth every penny. So Mm business-wise, it's not a book. It's Uh a system. Uh Okay. Yeah. And now a fun little game of either or. So I'm going to name two things <laughs> okay. and then you tell me you just pick one. Okay. Cash or credit? Cash. Home cooked or eat out? Mm. Both. <laughs> <laughs> Loved or trusted? Both, but if I had to pick trusted. Liked or respected? Respected. Insecure or being Mary Jane? Um, being Mary Jane. <laughs> do you do you watch either one of them? I have watched them both. Oh, okay. I can't get insecure. I actually really like being Mary what? Jane. What? You can't insecure. get insecure? I oh, can't get insecure. Yeah. The, the first person I've ever met to say that. I know. It's, un, it's an unpopular thing. <laughs> but in the meantime, I did just get into this crazy mockumentary called Vandal. So it's not the makers of Insecure. It's uh, okay, okay. That's, I haven't heard of that. I haven't heard of that one. It's hilarious. Okay. It's <laughs> international vacation or staycation? International vacation. G-C-F-O. <laughs> see the world, see other cultures, and do it. I'm all about it. I've traveled more out of the country than inside of it. Instagram or Facebook? Instagram all day. Um, let's see if you had to give one up Google or Netflix Netflix okay (laughs) okay you know how they do one's gotta go you see that okay one's gotta go po' boys or snowballs red beans and rice or gumbo red beans and rice Mardi Gras or Essence Fest Essence Fest Jazz Fest or Mardi Gras. Jazz Fest. I never get to go anywhere. It's turn from What? <laughs> and that's I, my favorite. I went to see Sir Elton, and literally, as soon as he got like to the third part of his set, I had to run to a prom. And I, I'll go to see people that I love, but it's hard for me to go. That's during like a season when I'm super busy. Mm-hmm. My birthday pretty much always falls around Mardi Gras. My friends come down to visit. I love Mardi Gras. I live one block off the parade route. And okay. I pay that rent. Uh-huh. Right. Be one block off uh-huh. the parade route. <laughs> I am Mardi Gras queen. Okay. <laughs> okay. See, learn something new today. Yeah. And now one question that I forgot to ask you before we got into our question game, game stuff. 
Um, how has social media and digital media affected your business? Because I know the majority of pictures that I post, like I haven't taken professional pictures Mm -hmm. in so long because I have professional Instagram photogs and people, you know, they, the hashtag, this was taken with an iPhone or Mm -hmm. iPhone photos and things like that. How has that impacted your business and why are prints still important? So in the beginning of my business, I will say that it impacted it very negatively, and here's why. I was the last class at NYU to learn on film, so although I'm very young, most people don't realize this, I had to learn digital. I didn't learn it until the end of college. I I was amazing in a dark room, Uh but it took me a while to make that switch, so Mm -hmm. that was the first one. And then it was miseducation, if you will. There are certain things that are great to be done on a phone. If you are planning to post something only on the internet, it's authentic, right? Mm -hmm. Like even as a photographer, if I'm posting behind the scenes shots, Mm -hmm. they're taken on a phone because Mm -hmm. it's authentic. Like it needs to look like somebody just snapped it. Yeah. Anything that you are going to print should really be taken by a professional. Now, when I started my business was when we first started seeing these awesome cameras, phones, and all this. And the problem was that people didn't realize that the way something looks on a screen is not how it looks when you print it. Mm -hmm. So we would have customers who would document a full year of their child's life on an iPhone. And let's think about this. This is 2009. So -hmm. cameras have come a long way. Yeah. This is when iPhone didn't have a flash that people Mm -hmm. were trying to pull. Mm -hmm. And then come to us and say, oh, I want to get prints. I can't touch that. That is a tiny file that will never print. Mm-hmm. What do you mean I can't print it on the internet? They'll let me print it. Yeah, they will, and it's going to look grainy, awesome. right? <laughs> and that's cool because then you can talk to them about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking this on. Right. Then say that I gave you poor work. Right. Um, what I have found since then is that we are seeing a backlash against that. We're seeing a return to print, we're seeing a return to art, if you will. Um, why would you go and spend $300 at the Pier 1 to get something that you might walk into any other house and see instead of spending money on custom artwork that includes yourself and the people that you love that you will never see anywhere else? Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to see more people believe that. And also, I'm starting to see people's expendable income come back, and I'll be mm-hmm. honest, that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. What we do is a luxury item, so more people being able to afford that is helpful. Mm-hmm. Prints are and will always be important, and here's why. I was born in 1986. Since 1986, I believe when I was born, we had something called an eight track. Whenever you interview my sister, she'll have to tell you <laughs> about that. I have seen the VHS. I've seen the cassette tape that you had to wind up with your pencil and try to get the wrinkle out of and Mm -hmm. fast forward and rewind. Mm -hmm. I have seen the CD. I've seen the DVD-ROM. I've seen the USB. I've seen everything now turn to clouds and cell phones. What all of that is to say is that no matter what storage method you have, it will become obsolete at some point. I have CDs on CDs of photos from college, and I thought I was doing big things, saving it with the newest, greatest thing. Mm -hmm. I never look at them. Why? Because half the devices I own now don't even have a CD player. Yep. But what if I made a scrapbook instead? Mm -hmm. I would be able to open that every day and look at it, and believe it or not, I'm in the process of making books of all of that stuff. Because, Mm -hmm. first of all, I love it. And then Mm -hmm. second of all, I'm like, practice what you preach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The only thing that will never be obsolete 
is going through your loved one's things when they pass away and finding a box of printed photos. Because mm-hmm. if you find a box of slide film, you won't know what to do with it. Yeah. Printed photos are tangible. Photographs, just like any other art, are meant to be admired. They're meant to be tangible. They're meant to be physical. Mm-hmm. Um, one day, like I said, everything we have. Again, I've seen somebody, oh, I have this on this old memory chip from my flip phone. Can you get it on? I'm off. I most certainly cannot. I don't mm-hmm. know what to do with that because mm-hmm. that is now obsolete. Yeah. SIM card from an iPhone, obsolete. They don't have SIM cards anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't stress that people enough. The generation that we have right now is the generation that is not seen. And the reason for that is because they are over-photographed. Selfies here, selfies there. In 20 years, none of that will exist. Mm-hmm. So those prints are important because those prints are forever. people remember. They're forever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, when you come in to get something restored, again, if you bring me a print, I can restore it all day. You bring me some slides, some of the first thing you have to do is go pay somebody with something to do something with that. Yeah. A good $200 to even give me something that I can use. Mm-hmm. And then I still have to go in and restore it because what people don't know about films, slides, some things like that, if you don't store them correctly, they're full of dust. What does dust look like on a print? Dirt. So you have to go yeah. in and get rid of a bunch of black spots. But, um, but that's why, right? Like it's it's super important um, mm-hmm. to have that tangible item that says I was here. Mm-hmm. My child who is currently driving me crazy and keeps getting suspended from school was once this cuddly little two year old. Mm-hmm. And every day when I try not to kill him, I <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So print print is super important, but not just any print. Like don't go print something off on crappy paper and expect that to last it won't it will disintegrate mm-hmm. there's a difference in ways that you do things right so i am a firm believer in print i'm seeing the revival of film and i'm here for it mm-hmm. um but that's why it's, it's that people think newest best oh yeah we can do this give it and it's not even 10 years anymore right like mm-hmm. i feel like five years ago we were putting stuff on usb drive yeah now it's mm-hmm. cloud storage things mm-hmm. are moving in our world at a yeah. rapid pace Yep. Classic is the way to go if you mm-hmm. actually want to keep that. Mm-hmm. All right, so people are listening. They want their prints. They want their photos. How do they contact you, Lacey? <laughs> okay, so Dabbler Photography and Graphics is located in Mid-City in New Orleans. We are on um, Cleveland Avenue. The best way to get in touch with us is either to call us at 504-821-2666 or to email us at info at davalier.com. The worst way to get into contact with us <laughs> is to send the owner, Lacey Davalier, who is never on Facebook, a Facebook DM. I won't see it for a month. <laughs> and a lot of people do that a these days. And it's not a bad thing. It's just that, again, to say that I'm technically a senior millennial, I'm not into it. I'm not on it. Mm-hmm. Send me something on Facebook or Instagram, you happen to catch me on a day when I'm bored and scrolling, I'll mm-hmm. see it. Otherwise, I won't. Like, you mm-hmm. got to get this old school. You know, yeah. send me an email. And most businesses are that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because, to be honest, most businesses don't take care of their own social media. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. never on my own Instagram. Mm-hmm. Why would I be? I yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if they want to see your work, Instagram or the website? Yes. Okay, so the work is on. It's really easy, guys. Dabbler.com. Once you learn how to spell that last name, you pretty much got everything else. <laughs> the Instagram account is dpg underscore Nola. 
and that's the same for Twitter. And our Facebook is facebook.com slash DPGNOLA. DPG is Dabbler Photography Graphics, so it's the acronym. And so because you all do more than just photography, you do logo design, mm -hmm. do you do website design? We do custom sites. We do not program. So okay. what we do is work with another programmer, and with that, if you are wanting something truly custom, we're able to do that. They're able to program it. Um, most people, for what they want, I give them straight to the programmer. I don't believe in making spend, people spend money on things that they don't need. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, we do all of your print design, billboards, logos, packaging, all of that kind of stuff. Um, we do a lot of commercial photography, and we do stuff with it. So, for example, if you have a boutique and you need photos and you need to make advertisements, one-stop shop. The other side of our business, even for seniors, sells um, class rings senior jackets, diplomas, caps and gowns, and pretty much anything, a promotional product is anything you want to put your logo on. Mm -hmm. So instead of going to some online retailer who will never smile at you, <laughs> you come here and get your things from us. Awesome. <laughs> that is exactly right. That's who I'm having to do all of my photos yeah. and everything else that I can think of that I need. And Lacey will tell me what it is I need when I, when I figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> But thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I've learned some things about you in this interview. Good. And so hopefully um, you'll tell everybody to listen, and hopefully we can get some more people who want to support local businesses, women-owned businesses, yeah. family-run businesses, yeah. um, because everybody is getting away from that, you know, the big, the big people, you know. Support your community. Because that is what makes America thrive. Absolutely. The fact that if I can run this small business and I can employ people, well, those people now have enough money to do things like go out to eat. Exactly. Go to movies. Exactly. And money in our communities so that those communities will thrive. Amen. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me.